Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 63, and MLB is back on its bullshit. Seven, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, I, we stand for Fernando Tartis. We uh, stand. Junior, of course. We stand. I'll, I'll stand senior as well. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I like junior more than senior for sure. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Um, did you see, you know Tim Dillard? No. He's a career minor leaguer. Uh, he was TikTok famous before TikTok was TikTok. So he, he was big on dub smash. Okay. Uh, he's a minor leaguer, but uh, dude's like a 20-year minor leaguer. And he tweeted, uh, teammate, you see Turn- uh, Fernando Tatis Jr.'s 3-0 Grand Slam? Me, yeah, saw it on Twitter. Teammate, man, that guy can crush. Me, yeah, I faced his dad back in 08. He could crush too. Teammate, his dad played pro ball. Me, <laughs> yep. Teammate, what's his dad's name? <laughs> so there's that. Um, Tim Dort's funny as shit. I'm, I, I want to get him on. That, that, that's a, a long time, uh, that's a long term goal. Anyway, um, if you didn't see it, Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a bomb, 3 0. Up by seven, and then Twitter exploded. Because there is some bullshit. It's, it's unwritten rules. I don't know. Where do you come down on unwritten rules? So let me just say this Twitter exploded only because of why. So let me. I'll, I'll backtrack. Because the outrage did not come from the fact that he swung 3 0 to hit a grand slam. Um, it be, it came because of the unwritten rules that was exacerbated on the Twitter sphere because of the fact that Jace Tingler, the Potters manager, came out after the game basically and said, "I didn't want to swing on that pitch," you know, blah blah blah, blah like you know, unwritten rules, etiquette, bullshit. Uh, I come down on the side of this, and I think Garrett Cole said it best today. If you are gonna swing three zero or any count to hit a grand slam, a grand slam is very hard to hit. So, maybe pitch better. Yeah, exactly. And so, so I yeah, I kind of buried the lead there. Um, you know, the, the he hits a grand slam, and then uh, Casey Woodward, the, the Rangers manager, kind of gets butt hurt, and kind of is given like the palms up, like what the fuck. Um, go gets a, goes and gets a new arm out of the pen. Ian Jabot. And Jabot on the first pitch he throws. Oops, my hand slipped. And, oh, yeah, this pitch goes right behind Manny Machado. Yeah. Um. Jabot, Woodward, not ejected. But 
Jabot was then suspended. Woodward suspended for intent to injure. Um, after the game, Woodward had some comments. I'll look up the exact quote. Basically, um, I mean, I don't know. It and doesn't then, matter what the quote and, was. It, and then Jace, Jace Tingler, sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Um, Jace Tingler throws him under the bus, throws Tatis under the bus a little bit. Uh-huh. And, and says, oh, there was a take sign. There was a take sign. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. That's a take. Uh, you know, there's unwritten rules. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see what the, like, dude, number one, stand up for your player. Seriously. Number two, fuck the unwritten rules at this point. We're bat flipping. We're saying, let the kids play. There's unwritten rules that I get. They're like, but this, this isn't one of them. So here's the thing. They're unwritten because they're not real. So let's get that out of the way real quick. Um, I think Showalter had an interview, and I think he summed it up really good, uh, or really well, I should say, to be grammatically correct. Um, here's a guy that's been around the league for 50 years, 50-plus 50 years. Who knows? He's old, very old. Showalter even said, he goes, as a manager's job, it is not to impose their rhetoric or their feelings of the way the game was played when they were players or when they were growing up. It's their job to impose the etiquette in terms of how to turn a double play, how to do the fundamentals of baseball. So if you look back at, you know, 1980, let's any year, doesn't the Reagan era of baseball, <laughs> this wouldn't work. And that's not, the fault of the managers or the players. It's just that's not how the game is played. Fast forward now, 30 years later, yeah, like it's a new age. There's social media. There's a lot of things that go into this. The players want to make themselves, they want to stand out. And baseball's done a real shitty job of marketing their players. So when you can do something and you can be an icon, you're going to take that chance. And I don't blame them. I think it comes down to the fact that times change and things are different. I mean, look at basketball in the last 15 years. It's unrecognizable. Yeah. And, like, to, to your point about how baseball's evolved, like, go, one of my favorite scenes in the movie 42 is when the one dude spikes the first – or spikes Robinson at first base and they, they yell to the pitcher, you got to hit two, and, you know, hey, next one you throw at his fucking head. Yeah, I mean, there's – there's certain things like so it, it, again it, it's you can't politicize the game like this for the sheer because and if you're the rangers and you're down seven already and the bases are juiced i'm sorry but if i'm a hitter in that situation i'm gonna drive in a run that's my fucking job that's what yep. i get paid a lot of money to do i don't give a fuck about your hurt feelings that's what i get paid to do so i'm going to swing for the fences i i could give a fuck if it was 00 or 30 yep that's my job so and if you're that butthurt over it, then A, throw strikes. B, don't be down seven in the fucking first. Like, just yep. be better. Be I, fucking better. But then these um, are the same people that bitch, okay, Boomer, talking about participation trophies and all this shit, how they're no good for the game. Well, dude, like, you, your team just dug themselves into a fucking hole where, like, you're going to be, you're, you're embarrassed either way. So Bingo. Let, the, let the fucking kids play. Bingo. Uh, here is the Woodward quote. 
quote, I didn't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. Typically not a good time 3-0. It's kind of the way we were all raised in the game, but the norms are being challenged. And back in my day, I had to walk through a hailstorm to get the bus. Exactly. Uh, Jay Stangler said after the game, there was a take side missed. Fernando Tatis said, quote, I know a lot of unwritten rules. I was kind of lost on this. Those experiences, you have to learn. Probably next time, I'll take a pitch. So now, you just coached the fun out of this dude. Mm -hmm. And here's actually a pretty good uh, quote from Manny Acta, who tweeted about the incident. He said, while coaching third base in Montreal, I held up a a runner at third base, quote, out of respect for the other club. Frank Robinson almost grabbed me by the ear and said, listen, son, you only have enough runs when you're showering after a win. Bingo. I fucking love that quote. And I responded with, or I didn't respond, but I, I quote tweeted it and whatever. It's not my job to stop me from scoring runs. It's yours. So why, with the bases loaded... Am I going to just stop trying? Right, unless unless Woodward gives a fucking thumbs down that he forfeits the game, then it's still competitive play. Bingo. I don't I don't see the the huge outrage here. I think the outrage came because of people like Woodward that had to just, you know, have it have an issue with it. And and Tingler, you know what? Tingler shouldn't be managing this fucking team then because you're part of the problem. Stand up for your fucking player. I would be livid if Aaron Boone ever did that to, like, Glaber Torres. Hell yeah. Like, I, I would lose my shit because as a fan, if I'm a Padres fan and I'm seeing the future of my franchise and a team that's, like, pretty close to right around the corner of competing significantly and that's how you fucking, you, you don't, I mean, lack of a word, you don't defend him. And that's how you treat him. Like, I'm fucking yeah. tuning out. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I've been waiting forever for this team to be good. And you're just, you now have the talent to compete soon. And yep. you're, you're treating your, your marquee player, your number one player, as if they broke a rule where they really didn't. This team's on the cusp. And you need, when teams are on the cusp, you need guys that are going to buy into a team concept. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the manager. And if the manager is divisive and doesn't stand up for his guys like this you're not gonna see guys willing to you know jump in and bust ass for for old coach no and i think a great example of like the absolute paradox of this is you look at like kevin cash like kevin cash for as much as i rail on him is a great manager He's behind his team 100%. They're very unorthodox, but he never apologizes. Yeah. And I think that's the type of leadership you want from a manager. Like, I, I can't imagine if, like, Willie Adamez did something like this. Kevin Cash would just say he had a good pitch and he swung. Like, that, I'm sure that's what he would say. Yeah, this- and, and you know what? That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Delano DeShields had a, had a great quote before the Indians game today. He said... We had an initiative, uh, a marketing campaign a couple years ago in baseball called Let the Kids Play. Now we're letting the kids play, and it's all of a sudden a problem. Yeah, well, I, go back a year with uh, Tim Anderson battle against the Royals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there was outrage over that, and I think at that point, I, I was looking at it more from a traditionalist stance. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, he was definitely egregious with it, and it, I mean, it's, it was the Royals, so I think that kind of, t- like... 
I, I was in that lens, like, okay, it's a shitty team, you're a shitty team, whatever. But now looking back, it's like, he was definitely in the right. Like, dude, mm-hmm. have fun with what you're doing. Like, you're getting paid a shit ton of money to do it. You shouldn't be constrained or hamstrung by unwritten rules because unwritten means Natasha Bedingfield said it best. The rest is still unwritten. <laughs> There's nothing here in the actual fucking rule book that this is illegal or it's hyperbole or anything. Like, this is... You're playing a fucking game. You're getting paid to play a kid's game. Let the kids fucking play. It's so crazy to me um, how far I've come on this issue. Because I used to be the biggest don't break the unwritten rules guy. And I used to be so anti-bat flips, so anti-new uh, age baseball. And now I'm saying, fuck it. Let's fucking go. Flip that thing to the moon and swing 3-0. Let the big dog eat be an athlete, have some fun. And I wish people would look at it with an open mind and understand that this is where baseball is going and not be Chris Russo, who's the only person I've seen speak out against this right now and saying Tatis was in the wrong. There's been more. But, yeah, he's probably the most vocal. I Um, haven't seen anybody else besides Russo. There's been more like local radio and shit like that. Um, but, you know, I, it, it comes down to like what we've been saying. It's it's unwritten because it's not real. Um, you know, we're not, we're in 2020 now. Uh, there's not much to be excited about anymore. So you might as well have fun with what you got. And seeing stars, you know, flex their muscle, so to speak, I think it's fine. I have no problem with it. And it's not like he did anything that was like, harmful to the rangers all he did was just show them how bad they were playing all he did was the job and actually i forget who who tweeted it today but there was actually a really good point that he's gonna get chastised for swinging 3-0 by the by the organization and then the organization actually here i'll find it real quick um it it was a former it was a former player which is um what made me think of it I can't find it. But um, it said the the organization is going to be the first one to bring up that he didn't hit enough home runs in arbitration. Mm-hmm. But he's also going to get chastised for hitting a home run here. Mm-hmm. The fuck you want him to do? Well, that's, that's, that's an unwritten thing, right? We talk about arbitration. What, yeah. what could be brought up? It, it's just so stupid to me. Uh, also, you know, today the Diamondbacks beat the Athletics 10-1. to 1. The Diamondbacks should apologize right away. Huh. How about how soft the Rangers are for uh, losing to the, the Padres again today, 6-4 this time, and then saying, not today, trolls, and disabling <laughs> replies on their, <laughs> on their tweet? That is a uh, soft-boiled egg. That's just, no one wants any piece of that. I saw the best. I saw the best response to it, and it was uh, disabling replies as breaking an unwritten rule of Twitter. <laughs> that's actually really good. I thought it was funny as shit. That's great. Um, the, right, but here's the thing, though, with Tatis. All right, like he understands people are talking about him. He gets it. He sees the outrage. I saw him try to steal third today. Yep. Uh, Love that. See, like that's where I'm like, all right, dude fucking settle down that was a terrible time to run a 
And, and See, be, it, like, it is a terrible time to run. That, that's the you. thing. Like, don't do it for fanfare. Do it if it's like, do it if you feel like it gives your team like more of an advantage, or if you feel like you can actually get it done. Because terrible jump, terrible situation to run in. He was out by a fucking mile. So, like, that's what I don't want it to turn into. I don't want it to turn into just everyone just pushing the envelope of the unwritten. Oh rules. yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. But I'm saying to just, you know. Actually, I take it back. If this was a 162-game season, I love this move. Well, yeah, because it's trolling, but we don't yeah, have but, that. But in a, in a 60-gamer, you're right. That's you the thing. Right. Like, I don't want it to turn into – don't turn into, like, the, the Sean Jackson of baseball and just run fucking go-routes every time. Huh. Like, still keep the fundamentals. Understand that you're one of the best players in the game. And let your, like, let your work speak for itself. And I think you'll be fine. But don't press it because that's what I felt like he was doing today when he was stealing third. Because as just someone who knows baseball, it pisses me off at that point where it's like, all right, dude, we heard you. Like, we understand. Everyone's on your side already. You don't need to do this shit. Because God forbid it was a tie game and he's just trying to do that to to be an asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just just pick your fucking spots. That's fair. That's 100% fair. Um Moving on from any, anything else to say on that on Tatis? No, just be smart about it moving forward. Agreed. Um, Indians to, to to wrap up the points from last week. Clevenger and Plesac get sent down. Did what are we doing? Take, hold on, did they have to take an Uber to get down to the alternate site? Um, also, allegedly, it was a uh, a, a, a drive service, so okay. Plesac was did not drive himself. He had oh perfect. Yeah, so actually, great debate on our part. We were ahead of the game. Yeah, we were. Um, <laughs> and we even said it was going to come out, so <laughs> that's even better. I love it. I love it. But Plesak issues an eight-minute video on his Instagram, in his words, not an apology, not a justification, just the truth, in which he absolutely deflects all blame, tries <laughs> to blame the mainstream media for making it worse than it was, says... And actually, I, I do appreciate this part of it where he kind of explains what was what he was doing. Um, and he just said, after my start, me and some buddies go out and we go back to their – go have dinner and then go back to his place. Uh, we had uh, – <laughs> he goes, had some beers, opened up some packs of baseball cards and threw down some bets, you know, as 30 – or 20, late 20-somethings do. Mm-hmm. Who among us? Hasn't ripped open eight or nine packs of tops and uh, thrown down some bets, which I'm not sure what you're betting on with baseball cards. Well, so there, there is a game. It was called Flip. Uh, my dad actually told me about this game. He lost a Mickey Mantle rookie card in this fucking game. Um, you basically just flip it and you bet what's going to come up and, you know, high or low, you, you take odds. And What that, are you, high or low what? I don't fucking know. Like, that's this is what they played. And I, I'm again. Who knows? The game's different today, but I guess that stayed the same, according to Plesac. Uh, but you know what I do every time I go out before I hit the night on the town? I, I go to uh, my local card and game shop and I buy a fucking tin of Topps baseball cards, knowing that the night's getting fucking sizzling when I get home. From you the bar. know, you know, if I'm ripping open box tops, it's, <laughs> it's ready. And the hubble bubble is coming out. I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> I just need some Cracker Jacks and a Bud Light, and my night is made. Seriously. that's Zach, thank you for speaking for all of us. The silent majority, we hear you. 
But here's the thing. So they get so so Plesak does that, which that's a whole lot of absolute shenanigans. It comes out that he missed curfew. He came back at three a.m. Curfew was like was like one, I think he said midnight or one. Um, Clevenger never came back to the hotel. Clevenger went out, and uh, purely speculation here. Clev went out and got his dick wet. No, I think he tried to get more baseball cards. <laughs> Come on, you know what they do at night? Those crazy kids. I think I think Clev went out with with a, with a Chicago lady, and lady of the night. I, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I'm saying it <laughs> purely to open the baseball cards for him. <laughs> Clev got it. Got his top ripped open. <laughs> <laughs> And it was in mint condition. I mean, you know what they say about your card. There's nothing like your first. <laughs> um, That's your smell. first rookie card. Your first rookie card. That new card smell is all she could catch. <laughs> she couldn't stop. There's two. Oh, I can't believe we're making sex jokes with fucking baseball cards. It's it's gonna happen. So. I love it. Yep. Um, but Clavenger didn't even come back to the hotel. Then the Indians have a meeting the next day. They fly home, like we talked about last week. Apparently, Oliver Perez, of all people, said, I'll opt out unless you do something. Trade or send them down. To which I respond, <laughs> promise? Like, are, are, do you promise? Can you please? Because yeah, that's, that's a weird one. How old is Oliver Perez? 40? Old. Old. He's got to he, be pushing 40. I think, wow, holy shit, the Indians are fucking terrible. They just tried a three six or a one six three double play on a bunt and didn't get either of them. Yeah, that a boy, that a boy, Nick Whitgren. Um, who am I looking up? Oliver Perez. That's who I am. Um, I know he just set the record for uh, foreign born most seasons for a foreign born player or a Mexican born player, and it's twenty one. Mm-hmm. He is thirty nine and three days. So I was close. You were very close. Um, but anyway, Oliver Perez says, I'll opt out to which the Indians respond. Okay. We'll send him down. Comes out now, or turns out that it's a 10 day minimum. You have to stay at the alternate site. If the Indians keep them down past the trade deadline next week. Oh, they're fucked. What? They're fucked. They can't trade them. They can't trade them. But it's not a year of service time. Hello, service time manipulation. There is that. Um, I, I had about a week to marinate on this now. And I saw a police Sachs interview just to like dial it back a little bit. And his, so I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. His... I guess justification of, you know, the mainstream media, you know, hyping it up as this, like, be a truther of covert, you can call it a hoax, I don't give a fuck. The fact that MLB never did a bubble, and they do technically allow these guys some type of a curfew, um, not totally disagreeing with what he's saying or his justification of it. I Do I think it was stupid? Yes. But I, like... Clever of him going to the well like that, I, you know. I, I don't hate his his uh, his logic on explaining himself. 
But going back to Oliver Perez, if I'm the Indians and Oliver Perez is the hill that I'm going to die on now or my voice of reason, Oliver Perez, please opt out. Like, yeah, you can you can go home. <laughs> you can do what everyone else is. is claim- go home. It's fine. We will we will make it through this. Yeah. The Indians can do without a 39 year old lefty specialist in the year of three better minimums. Yeah, so I think um just shows you where your team's priorities are, I guess. Oh I, I, bottom I seven. The Phillies are up by six over the Red Sox. Please apologize. Please apologize. Also, uh Roberto Perez just back picked a runner at second, and I may have just seen the worst call of an umpire. Because this guy was safe by about his elbow and homie just called him out <laughs> they're gonna review it you think oh if if the pirates don't challenge this it's insulting to the system of review well i also just, wonder if the pirates are like kind of chasing that single digit when they total. might be like, the indians I, are trying to get them into double digits it's three three in the bottom of the ninth who knows maybe they listen to gap to gap and they know that we're totally on that bandwagon of getting them single digits Gerard Dyson literally is is safe by four feet here. <laughs> I I I, I don't know who umpire ninety seven is, but Angel Hernandez. If he it, it might as well be, he needs his fucking card taken. I know that. Um. All right, moving past the Indians. Casey Mize making his debut for the Tigers. Uh, number was it was he was he a first round pick or the number one overall pick? I think he was the number one overall pick. I think so too. But he was in 2018 for the Tigers. He's making his debut, I believe, tonight. Uh, uh, no, Wednesday. Make, Wednesday. Yeah. What do you make of Casey Casey Mize? So I watched some of his tape. Um, listen to me. I watched his tape. Uh, I've seen his highlights. I should say. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. <laughs> um, I, I love this guy. Uh, <laughs> no, but he, he's good, man. He's Four pitches, really good control of each one of the pitches. He was number one. I think he's their number one prospect. He might be number two now because of Torkelson. Um, but he's definitely the best pitching prospect. The Tigers are actually in within striking distance of a wild card because of the expanded playoffs. And we yeah. hinted at this before the season started that expanded playoffs. Holy shit, they didn't overturn it. Oh, my. <laughs> you know, because single digits... They want that. Um, I'm so confused. The game is rigged, folks. But, you know, what I'll say about Mize and the Tigers in general. Oh! He slides into Lindor's shoe. Oh, so that's why then? Yeah. He never... I mean, the left hand might sneak in. Oh, my gosh. You gotta be like Clark Kent to see that shit in real time then. Yeah, okay. I mean, 97... That a boy. Good job. Good on you. Definitely uh, not Angel. Um, definitely not Angel. Definitely not Angel. I take it back. 97. That's That one's on me. And the ball don't <laughs> lie because next pitch was flying, flown out to left. The Indians got two down. There you go. All right. Anyway, um, I like Casey Mize. I, 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 I think he has the potential to be a problem. And I'm intri- Like, I, I'm, I'm taking this the rest of this season as a grain of salt. Cut your teeth. Get your reps. Show me what you can do next season. Well, you know what I like about it, too, is not, like, service time manipulation. It's just you're bringing them up because you see Yeah, you're ready. Let's go. If you're ready, you're ready. You're bringing them up because you're also seeing there's it's a sprint of a season. You have a chance to actually make the postseason a lot sooner than you should. And granted, like, if this was 162 games, I doubt this would happen. 
Um, but I, I like that they're they're kind of pushing it right now and saying, all right, fuck it, like we have a shot, we might as well do it because they're not bringing up just Mize. They're bringing up Scooble and the shortstop prospect whose name escapes me, and I could look it up, but I'm too lazy right now. Uh, but they are bringing up everyone right now, and if you're a Tigers fan, you gotta love it. That like you have to love seeing that because you're throwing caution to the wind. If they claim they're ready, because I'm sure they have to talk to them too, like, hey, are you ready to go? I'm sure they're saying yes. Um, I'm intrigued by Mize, but I'm more intrigued by Schoolboy. I think he's more ready than Mize, in my opinion. I think he has more of a track record in the minors, and I love that he's a lefty that just throws absolute fucking piss missiles. So, in my opinion, I think Schoolboy's going to have, I could be mispronouncing his name, but I, th I think he's going to have the most immediate impact right now. I think Mize. They're going to have him on a very strict pitch count, a very strict innings limit. Even in a 60-game season, I don't think they're going to push him too much. If they make the playoffs, then, you know, take the training wheels off and let him go. But I think yeah. right now this is more of an audition than anything. Um, but I, I love the move. I love the message it sends to the Tigers and the fans that we're, we're here. Like, we're, we're trying to fucking win. Yeah, agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, and, and like you said, it's not service time manipulation because it's – it's 60 games. Like, let's let's go. Um, I like it. Um, I can't believe we're already at the midway point in the season. Or just about, I should say. Just about for most teams. Let's uh, exclude the Cardinals and the Marlins and, the, and you know, the COVID teams. But, yes, we, yeah. are, we are just about there. What do you make of this season so far? Very very broad, intentionally so. I mean, so far, nothing's been tarnished in terms of the product on the field when it's being on the field, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I could give a shit about fans being there. It hasn't really distracted me. The thing I don't like is like the crowd noise being pumped in. Yeah, I and, and I understand why they're doing it. It's so you don't catch every swear word, but I like catching a lot of stuff. Well, I thought that I actually, was going to be hilarious. Yeah, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed baseball with no fans. Do I wish I could go down to the yard and pay for expensive beer and an expensive hot dog and an, and an expensive seat just to watch the tribe get schlacked? Yeah, I do. But I do thoroughly enjoy baseball this season. And it's it's a shame that we're not getting 162 of this and we're only we're only getting I enjoy watching Steven Strasburg. We didn't talk about this. Get tossed from section 121 because he's arguing balls and strikes. Yeah. I mean there's that aspect that's kind of funny. Um but yeah, it's like in the back of my mind it's like every game it's okay, so there's only 30 left or whatever the number may be. Um I'm just I'm I'm used to watching baseball in the sense that like I can kind of lounge around and not be laser focused on it like like football or something like that you can float in and out of games yeah like it, you just ha you, ha you have that luxury it's a pastime i mean that it really is a pastime it's you know you can just kind of chill and, and watch it and, and when those games have like if your team's playing you're obviously going to watch it a little closer but you know it's one of those things you can like flip through and just chill and just check it out take in the game now we don't really have that luxury because you know i mean we're looking at the stats right now and the standings and you're looking at some of these win totals, like, oh, shit, like, you know, being four out right now of first place is like being 16 out, in mm -hmm. a sense. It's, uh, I mean, my math is definitely wrong on that, but 
It's, no, I know what you mean. But, you know, it, it's it's a lot different. Like, at the trade deadline now, like, teams historically have said, like, oh, we're, you know, we're six out, but we can make a run. You don't have that chance to make a run right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, the standings are what they are right now, and there's expanded playoffs. If you're not one of those teams, even with the gift of those extra slots, I'm sorry, but you're not making a run. So, I, was, I think if you're not within a game of that eighth playoff spot, whatever that is. Yeah then you can't feasibly say, let's make a move here. No, I mean, unless you're the Mets, because we know they're fucking idiots anyway, and Brody's going to do something stupid. It's like, any other team... Brody going to Brody. Brody going to Brody. Uh, any other team understands, like, you know, realistically, conservatively speaking, if you're not within that game or game and a half of getting that eighth spot, you can probably just piss the season away and, and bring the kids up. Yep. Um, you want to go through the playoff picture right now? We could, yeah. It's the halfway point. Yankees in the American League. Uh, Oakland, which who has been surprisingly fun. We've talked about a criminally low amount, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Minnesota out of the Central. And then wild cards would be Tampa, Cleveland, Houston, Baltimore, and Chicago. Well, we, we picked Chicago before the season started to be one of those teams that could sneak in. So that makes yeah. sense. Um, I'm more intrigued. So I, I'm actually really intrigued by the Rangers. I think the Rangers have a shot here to overtake the Astros. I think the Astros season to this point with the injuries and the distractions and everyone hating them. I think it is catching up to them. I mean, they're thirteen and ten. Altuve's hitting a buck seventy six. Yeah, it, like there's a lot of problems going on down there, and they're playing with a lot of replacement players that they didn't think would have to play. Credit so, to them, though. Credit to them. No Justin Verlander, Springer, and Altuve hitting in the one hundreds, and you're still three games over, and they've won six in a row. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the division they play in is also trash. That's fair, but I. I I, like when when I see the stats, I see the Astros shame tour tweeting out Altuve strikeouts nightly, and I expected them to be where Texas, where Detroit's at 10, 10 and twelve, nine and eleven, eight and eleven, like some of these lower records. You know what I mean? No, I, that, that's fair. I actually I, I totally agree with that. I think you know they they still are a good team, but I think the distraction is going to catch up, and they need pitching Definitely. help so bad and. I don't. I, I don't really know their farm system. I know they. They probably still have a decent one, but if you're the Astros, like, are, do you really want to make a trade like right now in this type of season, or do you just kind of say fuck it at sixty games? Like, we know we're a better team than this. We'll be healthy next year and we'll, we'll compete in a real season. I think you got to punt. I think you punt on this year. I think you do too. If, if I'm the Ast- I think the Astros are a unique situation where you just kind of punt it and say fuck it. Like this isn't. This isn't worth it right now. It's not It's not worth yeah. the headache. Yep, agreed. All right, let's switch over to the NL. Uh, Dodgers are the best record in baseball, 18-7 right now. The Cubs, who have looked surprisingly good, uh, would come out of the Central. The Braves out of the East at 14-10. and And then Colorado, Arizona would would take that technically seventh seed because they it's like two from each division, then the 7-8. And then Miami, San Diego. Would be sit whoa, little tiebreaker, and then Milwaukee 
would be so is it is is that what it is it's two from each division right yes so okay so out of the west right now would be la colorado arizona mm-hmm. out of the central would be chicago milwaukee and out of the east would be atlanta miami yep and then that eighth spot would be san diego because they're the they're the next best available record at 13 and 12 so you'd have three teams, or I'm sorry, four teams, come out of the NL West. Am I reading that right? Yeah, you are because you'd have yeah you have LA through San Diego, and then you'd have Chicago, Chicago, Milwaukee, and then out of the East would be Atlanta, Miami, and the next best record is is St. Louis at five and five. Which, granted, um. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's interesting to me. We could have four teams from a division advance if the season ended today, which obviously obviously it won't. But still, showing it to be an interesting possibility. I think it's interesting just for the fact that yeah, to your point, like four teams out of one division. Um, you know, I guess also I'm a full on. Go ahead. It highlights how bad the Giants are. Yeah, that for sure. I'm a full on dummy. I clicked the Indians game back on. Into the tenth, and I went. How'd this runner get on second base? Oh, that new rules. Gotta love it. <sighs> Fuck this extra innings bullshit. The National League is far more entertaining than the American League this year. Oh, by far. By, by far. In terms of standings, I don't want to say like in gameplay or anything like that, but um, Miami had their COVID scare. They're starting to fall down to earth again. I mean, they're nine and seven. They came out of the gates hot, but. It's not sustainable. Um, but that division, it's weird because the Phillies are in the same boat. The Mets technically could be in striking distance. They're kind of in a Detroit situation right now. Unlike Detroit, they don't have those blue-chip prospects that they can call up on a whim that people are clamoring for. So that's where they start to lose that comparison. Mm-hmm. But I think Miami actually does have a shot because Miami is going to only get better because they're going to start getting those players back that were gone because of COVID. As long as you get those double negative tests, you can start getting your roster back that you envisioned going into the season. And Miami's starting to get into that group. Um, so I think they're only going to get better. I think the Central, in my opinion, is the worst division. The NL Central, I should say, in my opinion, is the worst division in all of baseball. Uh, the Cardinals really threw a monkey wrench into everything, just not being able to play. The Brewers are not a great team. Uh, they're pedestrian at best. The, the Reds have underwhelmed, you know, catastrophically. I thought that they were going to be making a lot more noise. Aside from Bauer that rota- and Gray, that rotation has not been what, what most thought it was going to be. Pittsburgh sucks. We can agree on that one. Um, yeah. The NL West, and, and we talked about it before the season, the NL West is going to be the most competitive division in baseball, and we're seeing it play out right now. Uh, you have the Padres, who return to the corner. The Diamondbacks were a surprise to me. I didn't think the Diamondbacks were going to be good at all. Um, and then the Rockies. See, I kind of saw this coming with them. I, th- I didn't think it would be this good, but I'm happy with or I, I'm, I'm I kind of saw the writing on the wall here. With, with the Diamondbacks or the West in general? With the Diamondbacks. Mm. The Rockies... The Rockies don't surprise me as much. I'm surprised the Rockies are pitching as well as they are. That's the big surprise, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and that's when the season was super young. But again, it's there's 60 games, so you have to judge what's happening in front of you. Uh, the fact that the Rockies are, are three games over 500, and they're not like keeping pace with the Dodgers by any means because four games back is a lot more than four games back right now. But the fact that they're in that conversation and they're, they're positioned for a playoff spot, I, I'm not super su- surprised. I think they can. All, everyone knew they could hit, and they're going to play a lot of games in Coors Field. And, you know, we know that coming into it. But, yeah, the pitching has mm-hmm. been – if I'm a Rockies fan, the pitching has been a pleasant surprise. It's, it's weird. Like, if this was 162 games and we're at this point in the season, are the Rockies a second-place team in that division? I think not. I would agree. I would agree with that. Oh boy, I can't believe we're yeah, like sixteen. Like the Indian like teams are sixteen and seven. The Dodgers are eighteen and seven with the most wins in baseball. That's mid-May. Yeah, I mean that's and we're talking about the end of the year or the, we're talking about the playoff picture. I know it's crazy. It's it's really crazy too. I mean, look at the American League. It's you know New York, Tampa Bay. We we knew that going into it. They're the, they're the two best teams in that division. Maybe the the American League. Uh, but Baltimore, two games over. Like Baltimore, the Baltimore fucking Orioles are in a playoff spot right now. Love to see it. I mean, I, I it's kind of like I've been saying it all along. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. I mean, we. <laughs> I, I think it, it's weird too because we were talking about like the Blue Jays after their free agency. It's like, oh, maybe the Blue Jays are ready. And, like, we thought that they were positioned. Nope, the Orioles. The Red Sox, they, they stink. But the, the Central, it's the, it's the usual suspects. I mean, the Royals have nine wins. They're not going anywhere. The, the Tigers, we talked about it earlier. They're calling up these prospects. They, they're trying to make a push. I still think it's a little too soon for them, but we'll see what happens. The White Sox are in a good position. And then the AL West, I mean, the Mariners stink. Uh, the Angels, stink. they they do stink. The Angels, I'm surprised. I thought the Angels would be a lot, lot better than this. I thought the Angels would be better than the Rangers at this point in the season. They are not. They also stink. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you look at it across the board. The A's, the Astros, the Twins, the Indians, the Yankees, and the Rays. All teams that we kind of assumed would be there um, at this point. And then you have those kind of throw-ins like the Orioles and the White Sox. And the White Sox, again, they were terrible last year. We had high hopes for them. They're, sto- they're kind of delivering their prospects or their young players are coming through right now. Um, if I'm going into the playoffs with a team like that, I think it's just I'm more happy to be there than I am to think that I can actually compete. Hmm. That's an interesting take. I, I don't disagree with it. Um, something we haven't talked about yet, and we're running out of time here, but uh, – Anything to say about Aaron Judge? Same thing I've been saying about Mike Stanton. And this is the reason I don't fucking get up and beat my chest about Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge is fragile. Um, I don't think he's a, a top five outfielder because he can't play for long, longer stretches than 15 to 20 games without something going wrong. Uh, I would love to... Yeah, I, I love what he does when he's on the field, but he's not on the field often. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, if, I'm, if I'm the Yankees and I'm looking at my free agency schedule coming up and I just gave a shit ton of cash to Garrett Cole and I know I have a guy like Clint, Fer- Clint Frazier who's just been waiting in the wings for the last fucking three years and every time he gets a chance to play, he plays well. 
it's an easy decision for me. I, I I'm not saying trade Judge, but I'm you know when he's ready for free you agency, could probably get a haul for him. Uh, yeah, I mean it's the same thing with like Lindor with the Indians for different reasons. Yeah, if you or can, Clevenger. Yeah, or Clevenger. If you can get a haul for him, trade him. Um, clearly, you can win without him. The Yankees have proven that time and time again. You don't need him. He's a he's a nice to have, but he's not a must have. And I I don't want yeah. I don't want that to get in the way of me saying that he's not worth anything. I think he's great, but he's not on the field for you enough. And the Yankees they fucked themselves because they had to big dick everyone and, and sign Mike Stanton. And look where that got you. He's an albatross. You can't move him now. So yeah. Especially with the financials moving into next year, everyone's going to be hurting for cash. No one's taking that contract on. So, if I'm the Yankees, I will entertain any trade for Aaron Judge. He's also not your fucking captain. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. The guy's not on the fucking huh. field. So, like, we'll see what happens. I think there's more value in, in re-signing DJ LeMayhew and re-signing James Paxton and building from your farm system. Like, you keep touting how you're developing. Do it that way. You did it with Judge. He didn't pan out. He's hurt way too often. Find the next Aaron Judge that can stay on the field. That's fair. I, I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. Um, I'm interested to see just how that gets played out. Because I think because of his marketability, the Yankees are going to hold on to him rather than trade him. See, that's that's an interesting point. I think it's a double-edged sword. His marketability comes from him playing in New York to begin with. Mm, I disagree with that. Well, no, I mean he he was a top prospect when he got brought up, and he did. Some- yeah, but I'm, but I'm saying like when you think about it's it definitely started with him playing in New York. I'm not gonna fight you there, but to say if he gets traded to San Diego or anywhere else he's still gonna be one of the hottest commodities in baseball yeah but new york new york made that because yes like, that's 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 my point i mean look at fucking g or shella like, i don't know what you're talking about he was urshela he was outstanding in cleveland <laughs> he was oh just <laughs> household name before he got there i know but, i get i get what you're saying but that's my point I, like you can take fuck like dj mayhew like granted great in colorado Won a batting title. No one really know who he... Like, you didn't know who he was. Oh, yeah. Gets to New York. Spotlight's thrown on him. He performs. Urshela's another example. There, there's too many... Luke Voigt. I mean, there's so many examples. If you play in New York and you, and you perform well, New York will market you. Like, that's just how it works. Aaron Judge is the product of being grown in the Yankee system and being touted and being hyped up. And he delivered for a little while. But, tri- I mean, that's also one of the biggest gifts because if I'm the Yankees, then I know that my my system does this and I can trade him and get a boatload of prospects back, then it's worth it. If you build it, they will market it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like fucking Don Draper's behind the scenes of all these goddamn prospects in New York. Ugh. Do you have a curtain call this week? I actually don't have one this week. I don't have one either. I guess, you know what? My only curtain call would be... I'm going to say the Tigers are going to sneak their way into the postseason. Jesus Christ. So your, your postseason. I have Miami have, in there, too. <laughs> and my I have Baltimore. Well, you're good on that one. <laughs> so, so Baltimore, Detroit, and Miami all making the postseason. Yes. You'd love to see it. Um, <laughs> fucking A. 
Carlos Santana just hit a ball to the moon. But they're trying to figure out if it went over the foul pole, around the foul pole, or on the wrong side of the foul pole. Oh, isn't that the worst? There's no good angle. They called it fair on the field. Then it's fair. He- it's a home run. Headset, headset's coming off. Home run. Let's go. Indians on top 6-3. I, that was an absolute fucking missile. I had, to, I had to keep it in my pants while we were recording. It was, <laughs> it was to the moon. To the fucking moon. Um, all right. I got nothing else. I'm going to go rub one out watching this home run again. Um, Till next week, buddy. Yep. Trade deadline. Let's go. Can't wait. And until then, as always, keep it guessing. Feel the rain on.